0: That snarky face, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney.
1: And we're going to say Merry Christmas again because we live in the United States and it's called Christmas. And under the last administration, you couldn't say Merry Christmas. If you said Merry Christmas, honestly, they looked at you like you had...
0: Three eyes. I mean, it's, like, so true. They, like, looked at you like you had, like, three eyes. Like, most of the time when I talk, people, they look at me like I have three eyes because... You know, my name's Eric, and uh, in the past, like, you know, you really couldn't say Merry Christmas, and, but this year, I want to have a good Christmas, because I've been a good boy. I want lots of chocolates and lots of sweets. I just, I don't want any of this Happy Halloween uh, food here. I just want Christmas food. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Oh! Oh, that's right. That was, that was our, that was our big boy, Eric Trump, speaking at, uh-huh, at, I think it was, uh... North Carolinian evangelicals for Trump. Ooh, Eric knows how to just raise the roof and get a crowd going because apparently that's foreplay for evangelicals. We can say Merry Christmas again. Oh, ooh, I felt a little tingle in a naughty place. Uh huh. We're already off to that kind of a show. And yes, yes, but a real quick side note here, and I'm just going to go ahead and warn you this is kind of a just total pop culture nerd side plot, tiny nugget of information that probably really will only be amusing me. I do throw these in from time to time in the show. I usually don't preface it as much <laughs> and I probably, I probably already ruined the joke here. It's not even really a joke. <laughs> well, fine. It's not really a joke but here's how it goes. Hey guys, I think they should play this clip every time before Eric Trump speaks because this is kind of what I hear in my head. Cue soundbite from the nineteen nineties movie, nineteen eighties movie, Mac and Me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You either know it or you don't. So <laughs> the sooner you indulge me, the quicker I stop. So yes, basically, I just want a little kid from an 80s or 90s uh, really terrible knockoff movie to scream, Eric, no, stop, every time before he speaks. Sorry, sorry, don't worry, I'm on my meds today, so you know everything's gonna be A-OK. So (laughs) before we get too much into the crazy, because there's a lot of crazy to start the show off, uh, I am gonna give you a sneak peek somewhere, somewhere near the middle part of the show today so you can figure out around what time that is if you're a fan of this human that i'm about to mention that we had an interview with here on our show so yes so about midway through the show kind of the belly button section of our show we'll be having matthew Distefano, author provocateur etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. He'll fill in the blanks for what all the etc, etc parts are. So yes, yes, yes. So we have that in store for us moving into our show. So before we get to the why Stuart is feeling a little crazy today, let's get to the housekeeping. So hey, 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 If you've hung around for at least four minutes into this craziness uh, and you're a new listener. So hey, if you kind of like this show, or if you kind of like where this thing's going, uh, this broadcast and every other podcast before it can be found anywhere that you find podcasts. If you want more information from us, you can go to our website, www.starkeyfaith.com. Email me questions at snarkyfaith.com. You can say stuff. You love stuff. You hate calls heretics or idiots or whatever you want. <laughs> cause it's America. You can do that. And cause it's America. I'll repeat it on the air. Cause it's just that fun. But if you are a new listener, I say, welcome, welcome to Snarky Faith. It's a place where we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the insanity of Christianity, but we're going to have healthy amounts of sarcasm, and you'll probably hear a little bit of this too. As long as you're cool with that, let's get on our way. And actually, by the way, if you're not cool with that, why, why are you still listening? I'm, I'm really worried about you and really what proceeds to make you continue to sit here even though you're not cool with that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, onward to why. Why, why, why? <laughs> why, Stuart, is crazier this week than normal weeks. Uh, not necessarily for the show, though, in my own mental space. We'll be speaking about my own mental space. Hopefully the show won't be that chaotic. So The purpose of this show is oftentimes to be able to point out the insanity of Christianity, so we can kind of really then have a good conversation about, hey, you know, this may be nuts, but what did Jesus say about this? That guy, not so nuts. But this week, plenty-o-nuts. So here's a little, like, chocolate-covered, like, Whitman sample of the nuts. And first article, I'm just going to throw out here, just as, you know, for examples, kind of wetting the appetite here. This is from the Freethinker over at Patheos. <laughs> the article called The Doomsday Terror Suspect Applies Access for Online Church Services. Yes, I'm going to just go ahead and read this. This is just beautiful and crazy. After a Christian couple in Northern Ireland, Robert James Templeton and his wife, Natasha, uh, listened to a sermon that urged churchgoers to stock their cupboards in preparation for a potential doomsday scenario. They allegedly went out to buy large quantities of chemicals, which the police believed were for making homemade explosives. Because, you know, far-right love of God and blowing shit up is kind of the way that I don't even know why all that makes sense, but it does. And literally, that's not the most adorable part of this article. So, okay. So here's what happened. So the police who raided Templeton's home last year also found swords, knives, axes, balaclavas, which I had to look up because at first when I read it, I was like, they found a bunch of baklava. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. I'll take some. No, balaclavas. You know what that is? I had to look it up because I'm dumb. Uh, It's a ski mask. So, yeah, they had ski masks. But it sounds way more fancy, like it's some sort of medieval, like, device. But it's a ski mask. Walkie-talkies and books, entitled U.S. Army Improvised Munitions Handbook. So, the discovery led to an arrest uh, of the couple, who are now out on current bail. They're on bail for terror charges. And they're in the news once more, because why? Well, they had a request to access church services on the internet their bail says they can't go online and they can't get their hate church. What are they going to do? <laughs> how are they going to live without angry God? I don't know. <laughs> they can't even make their 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 munitions. They can't listen to their God. The, how are they going to know how to hate? I don't even know. <laughs> I, just, I just love that. They just couldn't get enough. They need more. They need to, yeah. So, hey, but you know what? I, I make fun of the Christian crazy every week here. And this is... This is over there in Northern Ireland where they know a little more about homegrown terror than we do here. So maybe they've got a head start on the Christian crazy way before we do. Sorry to my Irish listeners. I just went off the rails with that one. It was an IRA reference and there really are no good IRA jokes. IRS jokes, yes. IRA, no. Well, I do recall one that kind of went a little like this. An American was driving from Dublin to Northern Ireland. At the border, a group of IRA members I'm going to stop there. I'm bad at that. Okay, at, at the border, a group of IRA members surrounded his car and the leader approached them. The leader asked, "Protestant or Catholic?" Startled, the American thought quickly and said, "Actually, I'm non-denominational." The IRA leader thought for a while and said, "So, that would be Catholic non-denominational or Protestant non-denominational?" <laughs> Church jokes,. But this other but this other story is kind of of the American well, the let's just go ahead and say, the deep South American, because it starts like this. CBS News had reported this, So the sheriff of an Arkansas Delta county has resigned under pressure after recording a man identifying him, identifying as him, uh, delivering a racist rant that went viral. The Arkansas county Sheriff Todd Wright resigned Friday at the request of the county's Quorum Court, and the Pine Bluff commercial uh, reported a five-minute audio recording that circulated on Facebook this week. It circulated, Tim, using the N-word in as loving of a way that white people use the N-word. Yeah. Usually, because when they use that, that just means they're an ignorant bigot. Because they are. But here's where, here's the silver lining, because this totally exonerates this man, Sheriff Todd Wright. He defended himself by saying this. I'm a Christian man. I read the Bible every day. I'm by no means a racist. And that, and that video does not show a true picture of me. And he he blames his poor behavior on the devil because he can't be a racist because he's a Christian man. He's a good Christian man that doesn't. Yeah, I... I mean, I read my Bible every day, and you know one thing why the devil did it? I'll tell you exactly why the devil did it. Because Jesus, I've read the Bible. I read it every day. Jesus doesn't say the N-word. I don't hear him say it once. I mean, if Jesus said the N-word, then I could use it, and it wouldn't be a sin. But since I read the Bible and they didn't use the N-word in the Bible, it must be the devil that did it because, you know, Jesus. Yes. Jesus! And that aptly brings us to our ongoing segment, the Christian Crazy of the Week. So here we go! Claude Hammers, The Lord is my shepherd. He knows what I want. So that brings us to the Christian Crazy, which this week I'm going to title this Stuart's Mom's Edition. Now, in many ways, if this is kind of old, like, playground talk, it sounds like I'm making fun of my mom. I wouldn't, wait, I actually would. Okay, yes. So Stuart's mom's edition here uh, is the fact that Stuart, a couple days ago, wait, hold on, hold on. Anyone out there deal with crazy family members, people that have been, that have succumbed to Trump's sanity, that, that believe in the QAnon, and I don't know, anything else. Yeah, people that are just out, yeah. Red hat people, those people, yeah. My mom apparently is one of those people. I knew she was kind of a closeted, like conservative because she is a conservative and she just doesn't. She's only offensive to family. I'll put it like that. Yeah. She's generally a nice person to the, to the general audience. If you know her personally and you're part of your family or you're directly related to her, that's a whole different story. So, so generally to the public, my mom's a nice, normal, kind of weird, but all right, woman. Okay. Okay. But from years, from years, from years of being around crazy Christianity, uh, what I believe is is a person that has, has succumbed to paranoia and gullibility, uh, yes, yes, all together, like at once, and it's it's kind of a interesting thing to see. So already, most of us are kind of living in, in a very, like, I don't know, we all know the world's kind of effed up right now, and we're kind of just living in it. It's like this week, in many ways, has kind of made me feel like there, there's a line from an REM song, I'm not sure from how long ago, but it, it goes something like this, like that um, that someone has pulled me up and out of cartoon quicksand. And, and it kind of feels like we're living in cartoon quicksand right now. Like we're, we're seeing problems happening around us. We're seeing things like solutions being able to be around us, but we're also seeing a bunch of idiots out there. So, yes, so I'm having one of my, hey, check in to make sure my parents aren't dead during the COVID conversations with my mother on the phone. And, like, I just start hearing, like, I start hearing kind of, like, Fox News, like, talking points. And I would also mentioned that my mom is very gullible, so she doesn't not really understand my sarcasm. She's been around it long enough, never really understood it. So she begins to talk about who we're voting for the election, and it goes as well as you think. Um, because she felt really good that her and my father were going to be voting for Trump. And then I throw the stinger at her because I'm just that much of a little stinker that, hey, you know that like Miriam and I are not voting that way. So we're going to cancel you out. And my oldest son, James, is now old enough to vote this year. And James will actually thrust it in the right direction for our family. Hooray! They didn't go that well. I was being a jerk. But, but, but. Anytime that you hear your mom drop the word casually, casually drop the word George Soros in a conversation, you know you have gone wrong. You know that we are living in Trump's America. Some of us are. The rest of us are living in the hellscape of Trump's America. The rest of us are in our own little weird bubbles in our brains. Right, 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 right. And and so... That's, that's giving you a little bit of the background of Headspace because this, 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 I don't know how I missed this. This is from the Christian Post. This is just a great way to kick this off. Christian crazy as crazy as it gets. This is back from August 18th from an article in the Christian Post entitled, Trump says he spoke to God about economy and believes God will help him rebuild it again. So this is literally, I'm just going to quote this and we can laugh because yeah. Yeah. They begin the article, President Trump revealed he spoke to God about the economy amid the coronavirus pandemic. And God told him he's going to have him rebuild, quote, the greatest economy in the history of the world again. I love it. I love it because we know it's God because God's using the vernacular that Trump uses. That's that's. I'm pretty sure that I know God and God would really give two craps about the greatest economy in the history of the world But let's just keep going because this is all true, right? So Trump revealed this. You know what this is? That's right. That's God testing me, Trump explained. He said, this is Trump saying God said, he said, you know, you did it once. And I said, did I do a great job, God? I'm the only one who could do it. And he said, that you shouldn't say. Now we're going to have to do it again. I said, okay, I agree. You got me, but I did it once, and now I'm doing it again. And you see the kind of numbers we're putting up. They're unbelievable. Best jobs ever, three months more jobs in the past three months than ever before. And numbers, and best, and most, and big, and words, and things, and numbers, and doing good stuff, and God says, and all, yeah. Yeah. It's like word salad, but Trump doesn't like word salad. So verbal diarrhea, it kind of smells like, that's kind of the, okay, yes. Because Trump, Trump said, God said he did a good job on building a good big economy and God cares about big economy and God wants big economy built. God wants that now. Yes, yes, yes. Because again, God is a caveman envisioned by Trump who already is an orange caveman. Apologize to orangutans out there, tease probably the worst of your breed. And actually, if you want an excuse to go out and vote, really listen to like these next two clips here on the Christian Crazy. Uh, we poke fun of these because these people are literally insane, but they have a following, and they profess to be voices within <laughs> that's the best I can say. They are voices within the Christian world. They have a voice, and they profess to be Christian, but yeah. If you need a reason to go out and register to vote, you should because this stuff, this craziness should lead you towards action. Now, this is Mark Taylor. Mark Taylor is known as the firefighter prophet. Mark Taylor is off his rocker as much as you would think. I mean, he's so off his rocker, he's probably respected in Christian circles. It's that kind of good. It's that kind of good that we have here. So Mark Taylor is really worried about... Mind control that's happening during protests. Uh-huh. Yes. It's a thing. And here's Mark Taylor. Really just speaking right now, that should scare the crap out of you to go and vote. But hey, here he is. All these kids you're seeing in the streets, the MK Ultra. it only takes like an hour. They have it down
1: to an art. They have it down to a science. They will fragment your mind into a 100
0: pieces. And each piece is separated with a wall, of, a disassociative wall of amnesia. So they can program each piece. The
1: programming's in you. She said, when you see Hillary or the queen wearing purple, that's end of the world programming. If they're wearing green, it means this. If they put out something in uh, verbatim, like on Twitter, it activates the code. Some may be assassination codes. Some mm-hmm. may be other codes. She says the, all these, she says they're doing it in daycare.
0: They're doing elementary. Junior high, high school, churches are doing it. Oh, sweet Jesus. The churches are doing it. The churches are off base. That can't be true. Oh, no. Satan, the Antichrist, it's all happening. It is the end times because of, huh? Uh hmm good thoughts on the protesters and i like how detailed he gets like i feel like that that's like to have a good conspiracy theory you need you need to have like just random details that no one is asking for like you know they're doing this but they have layers between it because those layers are like amnesia and they can be you know if the queen wears a color or a person says a thing on a twitter see my question is this so mark like i know you're worried about this but like honestly, within me, I would be like the guy that should figure out, like, dude, so if I wear, like, purple, it's gonna make liberals go insane? What? See, that's, Mark, yeah, that's honestly, if if you were the intellectual giant you thought you would be, come on, parlor tricks, you have to at least be kind of Owned the Libtards at least a little bit, right? But yeah, well, I guess he's worried he's going to get the MK Ultra version on his brain. But yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. praise Jesus. Yeah, because I, I can try to make up BS for as long as I can, but you know, their BS—it's the best BS. You just can't fake it. It's just top choice, top choice I meat. It is, it is, it is the cream of the crop It's beautiful. And I mean on the exact same, on the exact same vein. I mean it is it is fantastic how how these two men they like speak about the same events but they like, speak about it from a very different spiritual depth and realm. And I mean we can't all we can't all be experts in every realm of the spiritualness ness, ness of what yeah. Mm-hmm. Lance Wallenow Lance is a pastor, a, uh, he's on Trump's spiritual council, so he's that kind of a pastor, but he does want to warn us about why Black Lives Matters has really turned into, when, when Black Lives Matters protests, it's really just, let me just go ahead and have him say it, because I just won't do it justice. At the core, when they have the ritual incantation of, you know, repeating names and, and say my name and that, that it actually is rooted in a, a form of mysticism, which is spirit summoning of the ancestral dead. So what you have is a form of spiritism, which is really witchcraft, which is woven into the foundation of the summoning of the ancestors spiritually, which is summoning the dead. This is the theology that is woven into the roots of uh, BLM so that when you see the uh, in front of Trump Towers or when you see a whole boulevard in Washington, this is almost like a Babylonian siege engine that's being set up by uh, what I believe is a uh, spiritism. So those were words. Uh, Some of those words connected together to form clauses and make sentences. Some of them just kind of hung out there uh, in the ether. So they were just kind of words compre- So black lives, the protesting is people doing spiritual chants because they are, b- what? Like sometimes the funniest thing is Christians are like the most pagan motherfuckers out there. Like what? And you believe this? And huh? Like superstitious pagan motherfuckers. And ooh, is Matthew Stefano going to be mad at me? Because I just told him, hey, buddy, I'm fine if you swear on the show. Just keep it to a minimum because I'm a lazy editor. It's a true story. Swearing takes time. But swearing is also caring. So I'm willing to give that time. But Matthew was a good boy, as you'll see. And he's going to be very mad. Did I... Probably contributed more to the swear jar than he did on the show. Sorry, Matt. In advance, sorry. But moving on to our last bit of Christian crazy, I'm going to unleash you Mario Murillo. First time in the Christian crazy soon. Mario is, I mean, he is going to be a new star here because right off the bat, right off the bat, if you need to know what he's about, he's all about and times crazy BS. So yes, Mario, cut us off a slice of some of that spiritual junk food and crack.
1: All right, what we've got in the Democrat party is atheism, late-term abortion, destruction of marriage, socialism. Now let's talk for a moment. Do you really believe this is about Trump, folks? Look in the camera at me, at Mario Murillo. Do you really believe they hate Trump? No, they don't. They hate you. They hate Christianity.
0: So when I look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, it's because I hate Christians. I hate myself. Oh, this would have solved years of therapy. <laughs> Uh, it's not my hate for Trump. Oh, I just hate myself. I just hate myself. That's what its is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, folks, Trump put a stank on Christianity that isn't going to scrub off anytime soon. <laughs> he didn't lead to the toppling of American Christianity. He just kind of put his fat ass on it, and it just fell off. Just fell off like his first two marriages. But hey, let's move to hopefully more stable ground here. Let's get out of the Christian crazy and get more into talking about, I don't know, hmm, maybe we should talk to someone who's a heretic, someone who's an apostate. Ah! All right, I'm here today with Matthew DeStefano. Matthew is like one of these interesting multi uh people out there. You're author, hip-hop artist, uh, prolific podcaster, if that's probably fair to say, because I feel like you're on, like, you have like 30 or so of your own podcasts, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you're also a social worker. What else am I missing, Matthew? What else am I missing in your, in your resume? Uh,
1: no, in the resume, that's fine. I work out a lot, too, I, I, and I like gardening. I'm an, I'm an eclectic person.
0: You're an eclectic person. Okay, well good. Yeah. I think I think you're gonna be at home here. Uh, here on the show. But thanks, man. Thanks for being here today. I appreciate you and appreciate your time. Um yeah. so here's first question I ask every person that's on the show. Regardless, this is a timeless question, absolutely timeless. So are you planning on voting twice um in the election coming up?
1: Uh if I lived in North Carolina, I guess I would, but no, isn't that where he said we have to? Uh,
0: yes, and that <laughs> is that is where I am right now as well too. Oh, so yes. <laughs> oh okay.
1: Well, I'm in California. They don't allow that out here. I, I figured they didn't allow that anywhere, but I'm not a I'm not a political philosopher.
0: No, but. that is true. We are. This is the South, but you yeah, huh. you assume a lot of things happen in the South that probably don't happen in normal places. But uh, no, I don't think that's a thing here either. Though that was just kind of that was one of those fun things yesterday that I was like, what the hell. Uh, as we all do, living in yeah. Trump's America.
1: Yeah, I had to do a double take. So
0: yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's the, yeah, it's the new normal, which is never normal. But but I'm I've got you on here, and I want to talk to you about a bunch of stuff. But you are Matt. I first knew you from uh, the Heretic Happy Hour, um, and now you have a you've got a new show out, a new podcast, Apostates Anonymous. Um, so tell give us like give us like a nutshell, Apostates Anonymous. Like who is this for?
1: Um, it's for anyone who likes the heretic happy hour obviously um but it's it's for anyone i think who is searching and is not taking themselves too seriously i um, i poke fun of a lot of things first and foremost myself i think um, everyone's taking themselves too seriously these days but at the same time i like to talk about serious things but i want to do i want to do it a little bit tongue-in-cheek and with a little bit of humor in mind So anyone without a stick up their butt, I guess, one could say. Um, In the Christian world, things are a little bit too serious a lot of times, and you can't really joke around. Um, I don't even know if I consider myself a Christian any longer. So I'm just playing around with the name, like apostate. I've been called so many things so many times, Mm -hmm. heretic apostate, hence the name of two of the podcasts that I do, um, that I, I like to use that in my branding. It's kind of like the two thousand four Red Sox who called themselves the idiots, and then they went on to win their first World Series in eighty years, mm-hmm. or 80, 86. As a Red Sox fan, I should know that. <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of it's kind of for those folks. It's, it's for folks who are seeking, with folks who are okay with challenging their beliefs, folks who are okay with um, not okay with the status quo. I should
0: say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, and how how have you arrived? Because it's not like necessarily you're going to come out as an apostate. You don't just like declare. I I I therefore now I'm an apostate. I'm a fool. So yeah, how how like in, in in kind of a nutshell, like what led you to that place? Because again, like people that listen to the show, we're like a lot of the folks around here are folks that have become, um, well, on some spectrum maybe like disgusted with Christianity or or just disengaged with Christianity. But yeah, but especially for you, like like what what led you on that path towards being a beautiful apostate?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know about beautiful, but. Um, <laughs> all subjective um it's been a long and windy one as anyone who has challenged their belief system growing up uh probably has discovered um i i've always been a questioner i've always been enamored with philosophy critical thinking and reasoning and asking like the big existential questions why are we here what's going on is this really the truth are we sure um and, and when, when I got into my twenties and, and then in my thirties, I continued to ask these questions and nuance them even more. And, and I've also been, I've also got like an, an, iconoclastic type of disposition. Like I like to challenge the status quo. I like to say, I don't want, I don't want us to be comfortable. Um, because I think when we get comfortable, we just get kind of stuck and stagnant. And so I asked all those kind of hard questions with pastors, with people I played in worship teams with, um, And I found out that people either weren't thinking about these things like I was, or they were just like, okay with, with where they were at. And I wasn't. So it kind of led me down this um, path that a lot of people go through. Like I became an agnostic and then I was kind of like on the atheistic sort of thing. And I was watching debates by Hitchens and Dawkins and they were winning debates and I didn't like that. But at the same time, I kind of had to use my, Critical thinking brain, and say, well, it doesn't seem like all these answers that I had growing up are are really holding up. And um, and then and but but then you find out that there's people who believe in God who don't have like the same theology as the Westboro Baptist Church or something, (laughs) or who wouldn't vote for Trump blindly and say, oh, this is our guy. He's like King Cyrus. God sent him and. You know, you know, oh, I can affirm homosexuality, or I don't like using that term any longer, LGBTQ community, um, and still believe in God. My goodness, like what a what a novel concept. Um, so, you know, you, it, it, it takes, but it takes a lot of digging. It takes a lot of due diligence. It's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. People use the analogy that you're in the desert, um, that you're in the ocean drowning. <laughs> um, and that seems appropriate to some degree.
0: Yeah, it can be a very lonely place, especially, um, and I, I've, I've, I've been through this. I've had especially friends that I'm even like talking to now that are, I feel like going through this that are part of the church world where it becomes a very, very lonely place when you have established this as your community and you yeah. begin asking the questions to where they're like, ah, no, 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 no. This is just not, <laughs> this is not the place for those questions. This is a place for, for yeah. blind certainty, but questions, hmm, I'm not sure about that. Um, and it is, it's, it's, but it's, it's huge. It's not simply just, you know, running away, um, because of uh, an intellectual pursuit. As you're moving towards that intellectual pursuit, it's losing community, and that's, that's, that's yeah. very, very difficult for people. Now, now, did you have any of those kind of moments, uh, maybe not a come-to-Jesus moment, but a come-away-from-Jesus <laughs> moment? Or uh, uh, I'm trying to think of yeah, something, something along those lines, a, a, a big aha moment that really helped thrust you forward. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I wish that it was almost like a Damascus road event. I mean, it makes for a great story. I feel like I had a lot of little ones. Um, a lot of them had to do with intellectual stuff. I, I, for some reason had to have the intellectual answers. I had to have an answer of, you know, if there is a God, are a bunch of people going to hell or not? I needed to know, like, I don't need to know with certainty, but I need, I need to know that I'm safe. I need to know that I'm okay. And I need to have an explanation for all these verses in the Bible that tell me I'm not. <laughs> so so I had many of those, you know, thinking about things and reading a bunch of books from from philosophers and theologians and things like that. Uh, but I have had many, um, how should I put it, experiences of God that i that I sort of keep to myself because I think those are deeply personal. I don't talk about them a lot. And I don't think that we can honestly talk about our experiences of God to any degree that is that is <laughs> uh, that wraps the whole thing up in a nice package with a bow. I think sometimes our experiences of God, which are complete bliss, complete joy, complete peace, kind of transcends our ability to, to articulate. mm mm-hmm. And so I've, I've had those, but I, I struggle for the words to describe
0: them. But I think that's the beauty for those times too. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it is because I think too often do I hear, especially in, in the, the Christian world where you try to, I had this, so this proves this, as opposed to, no, 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 this just really tore a hole in my soul, and that's what I needed right now. Um, and it was awful and beautiful all at the same time, but it will mean nothing to you if I try to make it and put it in some sort of a weird box. Um. And actually, when we put them in weird boxes, it kind of just makes it dirty uh, is really kind of how I feel about it. But in one of your um, talking just about like deconstruction, I love you said this in one of your recent uh, podcasts. Um, and, and it's something I, I thought of. But oftentimes you like there's always people that will put words to thoughts you've had that you're like, oh, wait, that that is so much more succinct. That is, <laughs> that's so much more clear. Um, and uh, you were talking about this idea of, of being an atheist to your own theology. Um, or something along those lines too, and I wanted you to speak to that because I, I, I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge shift and a huge idea that we need to be able to walk through. And I feel like I've stumbled through this, um, but I, I, I love the way that you are articulating it. So I, I wanted mm-hmm. you to kind of just speak a little word vomit on that.
1: Yeah. Well, I first would have to give a shout out to uh, Jeff Turner, who um, talks about this a lot. I I am of the belief, and I'm convinced of this at this point in my life, that when we talk about God, we're really talking about our theology. And too often, unless we've really worked it out and really sat with it, I think that the theology we're given um, is is not something that we have really allowed to play out in the real world. And so if you're given a theology at five, um, if you're told this is the worldview, this is the Christian worldview, this is the biblical worldview, whatever the case may be, We develop these ideas before we can really think about them critically. And so we end up worshiping our own theology. We don't end up allowing ourselves to experience God. And so I think we have to allow that God, which is just our concepts of God, to die so that we can then experience God rather than because a lot of times we just we project our own self onto divinity. And we end up just like worshiping an idol, which is like a psychological projection. I forget who said the phrase, and maybe you know it. Um, God made us in our image, and we've returned the favor ever since.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it sounds like something Richard Rohr would say, but it's probably someone like that. I, I don't recall who.
0: I don't but either, I, I don't, but I've heard it a thousand times too, yeah. Yeah,
1: but I think that's what we do. And I think in order to experience the true uh, bliss of God, we we need to allow our... Our preconceived, presupposed God concepts to go the way of the dodo. Um, we, we need to kill those gods.
0: Mm-hmm. It, but it's difficult. It's difficult to it's do. Very that. difficult. When we're, yeah. when we're when we when we're raised, in it we're surrounded in it. We are we're taught to fear it. Um, (laughs) and and we're even told, uh, well, you may fear this, but if you break this, this will happen to you. You know, it becomes, it becomes this weird, like, uh, I don't know, very Machiavellian kind of like, uh, it just moves in a weird direction to where it, yeah. Fear, control, uh, shame, guilt. I mean, it was, uh, why I appreciate the way that you, that you were articulating that was, I'd heard it too, something on the other side of it from Pete Rollins, Uh, before Mm -hmm. repeat kind of talks about the pursuit of God that most of us never actually pursue God we're pursuing what we want from God so when we say like we want to know God we don't want to know God uh we don't come at this like God I want to know you it was more like God I want something from you um or or at worst God is like Santa that we want to go sit on his lap and say give give me give me
1: yeah Um, I think I think Rollins's pyro theology plays a lot into that
0: mm -hmm. no I love that guy um (laughs) well well Speaking to you, and, and I know that um, everyone's journey of, of deconstruction is different. Um, you talk a lot about that. Uh, it's it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. It's going to smell different. It's going to be different. But but for you, um, is there something um, that you wish, um, is there something that you've discovered later in life that you wished you knew before?
1: I, I wish that, well, so many things because I've learned from my mistakes and I've made many. Um, I wish that I knew or understood that my identity is not my beliefs, that in order, I think, to have a healthy spirituality, we should not hold on to our beliefs with uh, white knuckles. We should hold them loosely because I, I, I wish everyone knew this because the minute you start to challenge anyone's beliefs or your own beliefs is the minute you kind of go into a existential tailspin. And if we, if we didn't tie up our identity with our beliefs, I think we could avoid a lot of pain and suffering.
0: Hmm. Hmm. No, I also
1: <laughs> wish, I also wish that when I was first questioning, I did things a little bit behind the scenes because I could be a little bit, um, how should I put it um, forthright about what I feel and what I, and what I'm thinking. And sometimes that, rubs people the wrong way
0: well especially people that are not used to uh a people yeah. that are kind of of a community where questioning is bad right uh, questioning is not a good thing too it gets very yeah suspicion happens very quickly
1: yes. why are you asking this question right uh, what's your what's your <laughs> what's your angle what what's have you your agenda reading? what have
0: you been watching right. what is wrong yeah. with you? um well again again speaking like to your younger self too is is there like a book that you wished that you had read earlier and maybe it's one of your own too i don't know <laughs>
1: No, it's not my my own. (laughs) Um, I wish I read Rene Girard a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I had a real big problem with the violence or so-called violence of God that I really, really struggled with. And had I understood that I can approach the Bible much differently than the evangelical fundamentalists said I needed to approach the Bible, which was really the only way to approach the Bible... Um, according to them, I I think I would have, I would have, I I would have less gray hair if you can notice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that was, that was a big problem for me. And having Gerard as an anthropological lens to view things has been really helpful to my intellectual needs. And it doesn't necessarily help in terms of experiencing God or any of that, but I needed to unlearn all those things Mm -hmm. and learn those about all, all these things are like these mimetic, uh, projections on the, onto the divine. So I needed to unlearn all that before I can just experience God. Mm, mm.
0: Yeah. And it's, is, it's, is, it's a difficult place to get to that place where you are just kind of unloading, uh, yeah, taking your pack or taking everything out and just dumping it out and just being kind of vulnerable and naked and saying, all right, what do, what have I learned? What do I want to carry with me? What also what do I want to just trash and burn and, uh, yeah. and just leave 10 miles behind. Um, yeah. Um, so for you, for you, you, you continue to write. You continue to do music. You continue to do podcasts, uh, many podcasts as well too. With that, but what what is driving you? What 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 continues to drive you?
1: Honestly, I think it's I think it's just understanding that human beings are creative. We're creative as hell, mm-hmm. and I think all of us would create something, whether it was music, poetry, painting. Carpentry. If we understood how creative we we're supposed to be,
0: hmm.
1: and I've just leaned into that and been like, okay, I think we're designed to be super creative, and so I'm going to lean into that and just try to create as much as I can. Hmm. And and when you, I think when you are able to understand that, it doesn't seem like work, although some days do. Uh, like when you're editing a book or when you're staring at a screen editing audio, uh, it could get tedious, but at the same time, like the meta narrative the story is like i really want to create this and i'm a bit of an ocd with perfectionist like i i want it to be fine fine tuned and detailed and you just end up loving what you do when you create things and i think that's just leaning into how we were i hate saying this designed <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but
0: but but within you too okay so I, I i like that i like that cuz cuz yes you are a very creative person what but what is the goal of a lot of this because i feel like um, sometimes we come to a place, and maybe it's it's not the same for you. And so, correct me on this: uh, that that we have come through a place that has uh, maybe it's been a hard-earned place uh, that we have arrived at, um, or some hard truths that we have learned. And part of that, at least for me, a lot of times, it's that drive to also tell people you're not crazy. Um, and you know, it's almost like having like an open-source theology, like where you're just kind of being open with yourself in front of others, being able to say. I don't have this, this crap figured out. I don't, I don't know anything here, but I'm, I'm wanting to do this in front of you because at least for me growing up in like fundamentals, conservative areas, openness was not a thing. Um, so being able to have that, So yeah, what is it like, are you, are you, are you wanting to help others that are out there that are in the same place? Are you continuing to, to also just be, uh, an explorer in your own faith? I mean, yeah. What, what pushes that? What does that pushes you?
1: I think it's a lot, a lot of those things combined. I, I don't want to sound like a, like a, like a false piety type of person by saying like, I just want to help people, but I do, I want to see like humanity as, as like a true community. Like I I want to see the earth restored. Like I want ecological justice. Like I, I want things to be clean. I want people to have clean water. Like I, and I, and I think a lot of times our beliefs get in the way of that, whether it's our beliefs about politics, whether it's our beliefs about religion and if we could understand that, I think we could have a much more beautiful um, existence with each other. I really just want to live in the Shire because I'm a hobbit <laughs> in all but size. To quote That's Tolkien, what about to say, yeah, yeah, I'm a six foot four hobbit. Um, okay, I, I really, I really do. I, 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 for some reason, something inside of me really wants us to be able to live at one with each other and with the planet. And so that drives a lot of it. And, you know, I have a daughter. I have a fourth grader. I want her to not have to worry about climate change. like wars, disease, famine, all this kind of stuff that we're, yeah, bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, there are going to be problems. But if we could, a a lot of them are exacerbated by our own politics, our own infighting, our own tribalism. Mm -hmm. That I, it just repulses me, Mm -hmm.
0: you know. And so you're in, are you, and you're in, California so are you in like the land of hellfire and brimstone right now uh how is it where you are how is it where you're at uh fine right now uh, the
1: town I went to high school with burned down a couple years ago I don't know if you know the uh the name paradise California Mm -hmm. um was like the largest town to ever burn down in a fire it's like the worst fire ever um we're actually gonna hopefully be building a house there (laughs) in like a year um so we're in kind of the midst of it. Every, every year is fire danger. We've had some around us this year. We've had a bunch of smoke, obviously. Uh, where I live right now, it kind of sits in a valley. So the smoke just kind of sits on us like a blanket. Mm. Um, but yeah, no no danger from actual fire at this moment. Good. <laughs>
0: That's but
1: yeah, they did. We did have a fire NATO a couple uh, weeks ago. I saw ago. that in the news, yes. Like, Oh my goodness.
0: I was like, that is... that is uh... At one, at one sense, you're kind of just like tipping your hat to the absurdity of, of 2020 yeah. at some point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, tornado, awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so, but then getting back to this, so uh, actually, just a really abstract question. So you can pop not even that deep, or it could go deep if you want to, but what would be one thing when we kind of look across the landscape or the hellscape of modern day Christianity right now? Yeah. Um, uh, is in your mind, if if a lot of like institutionalized churches or the way that people hold the Bible or whatever today, if, if there's like one thing that you think that you could change again, we're just in the hypothetical universe. Yep. One thing that you could think that would change that would pay off like dividends.
1: One thing in the Christian world.
0: Yeah. That you, that you think could, could, could change a lot.
1: Well, we've gone deep for most of the answers. So I'm going to not go as deep music.
0: <laughs> music. Okay. Say more, say
1: more, say more. I love it. Um, I played worship, worship, music, for twelve years or so, ninety nine percent of it is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, lyrically, it's so contrived. Um, it, it sounds fine, like Hillsong. I mean, it's it's in key, it's melodic. The the, the fine players, um, but it, it's so uncreative and it's so forced. And we don't need any more analogies of God or Jesus as a waterfall or some sort of weather <laughs> event. Um uh, case in point I don't know if you know the band Emery their lead singer I think is a bad Christian podcast um, I think this is the story I wrote a song as a satire um, about this and it became like in the top 20 for Christian mm-hmm. Billboard charts he wrote it in like 30 minutes recorded it real quick all satire and it took <laughs> off and it's like okay this is it's so bad um Thankfully, like I wasn't raised in, in with the mindset that I had to listen to Christian music only. Mm-hmm. So I branched way out and I went to school for music at, at a state school. So, uh, I, I was exposed to the world's music mm-hmm. and thank, thank God for that. Um, but it's, it's so bad. I mean, no more six, eight timings, worship songs, get them out. <laughs> done, done.
0: That fixes everything. It will. It will fix everything. And you being you being in California too. I'm curious about this because I was <laughs> I I lost a friend this last week from being I was an ass online to him because he was a, some church that was doing like a wor- an outdoor worship service with people uh-huh. packed in with each other and because they were debuting a new song. And it was like, and everyone's like, oh, praise God, this is wonderful. And I was like, oh, this is the most beautiful, super spreader event I've seen. You should be Lovely. so happy for yourself. That didn't go over well. But um, I mean, are you around like any of that? Because I know there's a bunch of churches like MacArthur. There's a bunch of other ones in California that are trying to flout the whole, uh, don't be an a-hole and show up in church because yeah. God doesn't care about this, but we do. I'm, I'm in Northern
1: California. I'm close to Oregon. Okay. Um, we've had some local churches that became super spreaders. There was one in a town called Oroville that I think caused a bunch of people to get it, but that was back in, I'm going to just guess April or May. It's been okay. a while. Okay. I think churches are doing that. Um, I've seen like the church signs, which is another, okay. To add to my list, <laughs> get rid of your church signs. Uh, <laughs> most of them. But some of them are okay, but th- that that have been saying, wear your mask and all this stuff. So I don't know how much it's going on in here. I do know some people that have stopped wearing masks now, if they can, and even bragging about it at stores and stuff like that, and they are church people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know how wearing a mask becomes either politicized or religiousized, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: Well, I well, what hit me was, and I, and I haven't really fully like done the, the math in my head, Mainly because I'm lazy. Um, but there was they had an article that was saying like that I think it was 30% of uh, Republicans are QAnon believers. So, you know, if you do the math within that, you're like, well, that's, uh, they're mainly uh, evangelical, conservative Christians. You know, so within that, there's a fair amount of, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Christians looking for their new God, apparently. Um, it's, 30, it's 30%, for real? They said 30%, it was like it was Newsweek. They said 30% of, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, uh huh.
1: Yeah, we got our work cut out for
0: us. Yeah, we do. It's reconciliations, a bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on the heels of that, on the heels of that, uh, uh, as we're kind of closing this out, I wanted—I I just wanted to know, top of your head. Uh, so first thing, what is one thing that gives you hope right now in the world?
1: Is the pause um, like telling? <laughs> 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 uh, I. <it's>, the, <laughs> The hope is that there's so many more people who aren't as lo- vocal and loud as we hear from. Mm. I, think, I think we tend to hear the most obnoxious, loud stories, whatever they are. Like, like, take the protests, for instance. Like, you hear these bombastic things about violence and rioting, and there is some of that. But then you see these, like, thousands of people that are peacefully protesting. We don't hear that because mm-hmm. we, we, we just love sensationalized stories. Um, and it's kind of boring just to watch people peacefully have a vigil or something. <laughs> um, you know, this is America. We do things big. Right. So I, I have hope that for the most part, um, the people that are, you know, decent people, they're just quieter and not making the news. Mm-hmm. But, most, but most of us are in that ballpark.
0: I hope so too. I hope so too. Now, I hope so. Now, okay, fine. So, screw this idea of hope. So that was that was too tough for you. I'll ask you the easy. So, very so difficult. Is is, is is there one thing that uh, now it'll be hard to focus? I'm gonna have to get you to focus, your know, like laser like okay. focus on okay. this one. What uh, what is one thing that is pissing you off the most right now?
1: The most right currently?
0: Yeah, currently, currently. Yes.
1: Um, it's the uh, it's the interpretation of the CDC report that only six percent oh. of the people really died from COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes. My wife's a nurse. My brother-in-law's a, a radiologist. I've been talking to these folks. I, I worked in the medical community. I do social work, so we're closely tied in. Um, I have a lot of friends who are doctors and nurses. If I could say one thing to these people, uh, you don't know how to interpret the data. And just because only 6% had COVID only listed, it's kind of like HIV. You don't die of AIDS. You die of pneumonia after your immune system is wiped out. So think of it like that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if COVID's listed alongside respiratory failure and cardiac arrest, you died from COVID. Mm-hmm. You didn't die in spite of it, okay? So just because the data says something, we need to learn how to interpret data.
0: Yes. Or, or also, I just think trust people that that know more than us. Uh, right. <laughs> that, yes. That have been through years and years of school. Right. Uh, but yes, you are absolutely right. That is... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so frustrating that we have there's like large swaths of the population that somehow just seek to look to something to aha. aha I told you, I told you this was not that thing. Deaths, ah, all well, those people in body bags. No, 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 but I want to be right here. Yeah, we yeah. get caught up in that BS. Okay, so, so, all right, how can people stalk you? Have people want to find your stuff? People love it. What is the best way or many ways? Uh, this is this is the shameless promotion part of the show right here. So, yes.
1: Oh, this is, yeah, this is, the, this is when everyone stops listening to the podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, I have a
1: website called allsetfree.com. That is where you can get all my books, essays. You can link to my podcasts and things like that. I'm on social media, obviously, because you have to be these days if you want to talk about yourself and your work. Uh, as much as I hate it sometimes. Um, so, Instagram at MJ underscore distefano at Twitter at the same handle. If you just uh, look me up on Facebook, you'll find me, Matthew J. DiStefano. And yeah, check out Heretic Happy Hour, Apostates Anonymous, and The Bonfire Sessions. And uh, those are my three podcasts.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, so, all right. So, are there any final words of wisdom that you have to bestow upon us?
1: Yeah, uh, wear a mask. <laughs>
0: Thank you, um, yes. You're not
1: losing your freedoms if you wear a mask. That you is know? true. I mean, you're protecting other people. Don't be selfish. Uh, Think of it like drunk driving. You're not losing your freedom because we don't let you drive drunk. Mm -hmm. Putting others at risk. I know it sucks. I don't like wearing a mask either. My daughter can do it. and She's nine. She's very mature. But you're an adult. Wear your mask.
0: Absolutely. Well, Matthew, Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. Um, So, yes, if anyone is looking... For great content out there, we have Postates Anonymous with Matthew, Heretic Happy Hour, Allsitfree.com, Bonfire Sessions as well too, books on Amazon. Uh, So Matthew, thank you so much for your time, man. Thanks for being here. That's all I've got this hour. Much, again, thanks to Matthew DeStefano. And I'll leave you with this, just a bit of pop liturgy from the Killers song, Be Still, Be Still, Wild and Young long may your innocence reign like the shells on the shore and may your limits be unknown may your efforts be your own if you ever feel you can't take anymore, don't break character you've got a lot of heart but like I say on the end of every show go out, be amazing be yourself be what the world needs in your space so I send you out with the holiest amount of grace and snark and peace. I am out of here. I'll catch you guys again next week. Peace.